Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's Focus on Our Sages right now on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon and welcome to Soul to Soul. It is wonderful to spend some time with you on a Wednesday afternoon and to share some important and powerful ideas from our holy tradition and um, some ideas about some of the great sages that have come before us and shone the great light of Torah in the world. There is one such sage that deserves to be uh, spoken about and understood and um, and uh, described, and that is the great and holy Chovetz Chaim, Rav Yisrael Kagan HaKohen. And yesterday was the Yotzat of the Chovetz Chaim. The Chovetz Chaim um, passed away in the year 1933 on the 24th of Elul. So today is the 25th of Elul. Chovetz Chaim's Yotzat was yesterday. Um, we have in the past spoken a little bit about the Chovetz Chaim. And uh, I would love to speak in great detail about the Chovetz Chaim because there is so much to say. Um, his leadership and his example and his wisdom and his holiness were real shining lights of um, in the the world. And uh, the Jewish world today would not be where it is if not for the contribution and the works of the Chovetz Chaim. So all of that needs to be described and understood and uh, we could learn so much from the life of the Chovetz Chaim and from his teachings and from his wisdom. Um, very often we don't speak about the Chovetz Chaim as we sh in as much detail as we should because of the timing of his Yotzat. So the Chovetz Chaim's Yotzat is um, a week before Rosh Hashanah, less than a week before Rosh Hashanah. Um, and so I actually want to take the time today to speak a little bit about Rosh Hashanah, which I think is so important. But please, God, sometime in the near future, um, we will speak in great detail about the Holy Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan HaKohen, the Chovetz Chaim. So we know that Rosh Hashanah is not far away, is close by. Um, this coming Sunday night is the beginning of, of Rosh Hashanah, candle lighting, this Sunday night here in Johannesburg is at 5.47. And um, then Sunday night, Monday, Monday night, Tuesday, or Rosh Hashanah. And we um, candle lighting for second night, Rosh Hashanah, 6.37. And then Rosh Hashanah ends on Tuesday evening at 6.37 in the evening. It's very important to understand what is Rosh Hashanah, like all of the Yomim Tovim that we experience, um, that the Torah tells us about, the Torah commands us to observe the Yomim Tovim, we need to understand what the depth behind them is. Uh, I grew up without having a knowledge of, of the depth of Judaism, and uh, when I started becoming more interested in Torah observance and discovered and learned about all of the Yomim Tovim, I was quite shocked at how magnificent and deep and powerful and important that they are. I had quite a, 
uh, childish view and understanding um, of each of the different Yom Yom Tovim. Um, you know, it was basically what I learned in nursery school stayed with me. That's all I knew about the, the different Yom Yom Tovim. Um, so it's important that we try and understand and study and analyze the the significance of each of the Yovim Toivim, the unique ingredients that add to, that are vital to a healthy spiritual diet. Um, as the Ramchal explains, the calendar within the Jewish year is uh, a sphere. It's, it's uh, the the, the um, calendar goes round. It's a circle. You know, each year we go around again in the calendar. But the Ramchal says that it, it it's a sphere that goes up. It, it's a spiral, and that each year we we might be in the same place, but we're in a higher level. We're supposed to be in a higher level, and that particular yomtiv lifts us and helps us go higher and higher as we go around the calendar each year of our lives. So let's try and understand what is the significance of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is not just the Jewish New Year, and we, you know, the time when we blow the shofar, quaint, nice, traditional, um, ethnic connection to our past, to our tribe, where we come from. Um, that's a very childish understanding. The Rosh Hashanah is a very deep and powerful time, and it really is a great spiritual opportunity for all of us. Um, so let's try and, and peel away the layers and get a bit of an understanding as to what's going on. So firstly, I think it's important to mention that we're supposed to rejoice on Rosh Hashanah. Even though Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hadin, is the Day of Judgment, the Chofetz Chaim actually says, so it, it's beautiful to share some Torah of the Chofetz Chaim um, in his honor the day after his Yotzat, he says in Hilchus Yom Tif that V'samachta B'chagecha, the Torah commandment that we sh should rejoice on the festival is also referring to Rosh Hashanah. There's a Torah commandment to rejoice on Rosh Hashanah. So let's try and understand why that is. How is that so? Um, I heard a beautiful thing that we sang Kabbalah Shabbos. Um, so uh, on a Friday night, and I hope uh, we all go to shul on a Friday night, it's very important for a Jew to go to shul and to pray together with the community. There's so many tremendous benefits of being part of a community. It's essential that we all are part of an Orthodox community and that we pray together and the prayers we say are so powerful and so deep and so moving. Friday night, we, we dive in Kabbalah Shabbos, which is the welcoming of the Shabbos. And we say a number of psalms at the beginning. We actually say seven. We say six, like mirror the six days of the week. And then we say the seventh, um, which is Mishnah Shiluyama Shabbos. We say Lachad where we rejoice over the uh the entrance of the Shabbos, we welcome the Shabbos with rejoicing. The second of those psalms that we say, if you have Ashkel Sidur, you could find it on page 310. So we end the second of those psalms in Kabbalah Shabbos, in welcoming of the Shabbos, where we say, Yismechu HaShemayim, the Sagel Haaretz, which means that the heavens um, are happy and the earth rejoices, Yiram Hayam Umeloi, and the sea um, is uh, roars and all that is in it. And the, they are exalted, the fields and everything in them. And then we'll 
rejoice and exalt all the trees of the forest. Difnei Hashem Kiva, in front of Hashem because he's coming. So it's a beautiful, powerful description of David HaMelech, of the seas and of the forests and of the entire earth rejoicing with great enthusiasm. Lifnei Hashem Kiva, in front of Hashem because Hashem has come. Kiva Lishpot Haaretz, because Hashem has come to judge the world. Yishpot Tevel Betzedek, God will judge the world in righteousness, Va'amim Be'emunasoi, and the nations with his truth. The Meiri, the Holy Meiri, was the Rishon says that this is the Makor that we are that we have to be happy in Rosh Hashanah. Because we see David Melech is saying that when Hashem comes to judge the world, the entire um, natural world rejoices um, over Hashem's judgment, and we too should rejoice. But let's try and understand a little bit why. Um, why do we rejoice when Hashem is judging us, when a person is being judged and is in the dock and is you know, he's, he's being accused of something, which we all are being judged in Rosh Hashanah, so why is that a time of rejoicing? It seems to be a bit strange that it's a time of happiness. So let's try and get a, a broad perspective as to what is Rosh Hashanah, what's going on, um, why is Rosh Hashanah significant, and uh, what is the meaning behind uh, the judgment on Rosh Hashanah. We'll do that in a moment. Please stay with us. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. So let's try and uh, understand what's going on with Rosh Hashanah. Now we've uh, just had the sad passing of Queen Elizabeth II and uh, I've been quite struck by the uh, incredible respect shown to her and the powerful display of royalty that we've seen with the mourning and with the funeral. Um, we uh, actually, the, the, very interestingly, there's a brocha that if one sees a monarch, if one sees royalty, so the, the rabbis instituted a particular blessing that we should say. And we say, Baruch Atah Hashem Elkeinu Melech HaOlam, Shenasan Lichvodo Lebas Vadam. We bless Hashem that He gave of His glory to a flesh and blood. In other words, we are, uh, the, the Gemara explains and says that when we see a human monarch, we get a sense of what royalty is and what monarchy is. And that should then give us an appreciation and a sense of the royalty of heaven, of the kingdom of heaven. And I think all of the pomp and ceremony and the there were over 500 heads of state and foreign dignitaries that attended the Queen's funeral. And we really got a sense of the glory and majesty of royalty. And that should give us a sense of the glory of the kavod, of the melech malchem lachim, of the king of kings of Hashem. And that's really what we're doing on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, we are coronating God as king. We're paying tribute to the monarch of the world, the king of kings, Hashem. And the, you might ask, why is that different to everything within the life of a Jew? Because every day we are obligated to say Shema. We say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, 
Hashem Echad, which is listen, Israel, listen, uh, fellow Jews, the Jewish people. Hashem, which is um, Yud Kei Vav Kei, the Tetragrammaton, um, the, the, the name of Hashem that's so holy that we can't even pronounce it the way it's written. We, we say Ador, the name of Adnos, which is Adon Hakol, who's the master of everything. So we say Shema Yisrael. Hashem, who's Adon Hakol, the master of everything. Elokeinu is our God. Hashem, the master of everything, is one. We, uh, every Jew is obligated to do that both in the morning and in the evening. We're supposed to say Shema within the first three hours of the day from sunrise. And we're supposed to say Shema at night after the stars have come out every single day of our lives. And that's called Kabbalah's Ol Malchus Shemaim, that we accept upon ourselves the yoke of the heavenly kingdom. So why is Rosh Hashanah different? Every single day we're accepting upon ourselves the, the yoke of the heavenly kingdom. So what's different about Rosh Hashanah where we are crowning God as our king? And there's a big difference. Perhaps we can describe it in, in these modern terms. So um, the uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm a big soccer fan. So I enjoy watching soccer. In my youth, I enjoyed playing lots of soccer. And uh, so I'm an England fan, like most many football supporters, because the Premier League is the best league in the world. So many people support England as well, which makes sense. So England are now playing over the weekend. They're playing Italy and they're going to be playing Germany in the next few days in the Nations League. And before the game, well, they used to sing God Save the Queen, but now they're going to be singing God Save the King. So that singing of God Save the King is very, very different to what's going to be the coronation of the King, of King Charles III. Um, they, they haven't yet set a date for the coronation. It'll be sometime next year. But the coronation's different. When, when you sing the anthem, you're pledging allegiance to the king. But that's different to the coronation of the king. And that's the difference between saying Shema every day and doing all God's mitzvahs, that we are pledging allegiance to God and we're accepting upon ourselves the kingdom of God. But Rosh Hashanah is the coronation. Rosh Hashanah is when we're placing the crown on the head of the king, which is a whole different story, a whole different experience. And uh, so every single year, as Jews, we have a coronation ceremony, and that's what's going on in Rosh Hashanah. So we go to shul, and we daven, and we follow the machzor, and I recommend that everybody should have it, their own art scroll machzor, because the translation and the service is easy to follow, and they're great commentaries. Everybody should have one, and every one of your children should have one. It's a very worthwhile investment for you and your family. And we come to shul, and we follow the service, and we pray, and if you don't understand the Hebrew, do so in English. And the purpose of the prayers and the direction that you that um, we are being led in and the whole atmosphere that's being created is this very powerful coronation of the king. Now, you might ask, why is that necessary? Our definition of God is that God is perfect. So why does God need me, little me, to coronate God, who's a perfect being. God's omnipotent. Our definition of God is that there's nothing lacking, that God is perfect in every way. So that is one of the very daring ideas in Judaism, a very powerful idea. This is a life-changing idea. So listen to it carefully. In Judaism, we say that God took his omnipotence, his, 
his control and his power. And God suspended his endlessness in order to create space for an independent, self-orientated human being to be able to choose God, which is an unbelievable idea. God is all-powerful. God is omnipotent. God suspends his omnipotence in order for this independent creature to be able to choose God. That's what we call free will, and that's how God created the world. And in fact, that is the purpose of creation. So the first human being was created on this day, Rosh Hashanah, is the anniversary of the creation of human beings of Adam and Chava. And every Rosh Hashanah, this being, which we are all human beings, now have the opportunity and the responsibility to choose God as king, to crown God as king, to fulfill the purpose of creation. And that's what's going on in Rosh Hashanah. So we are all in the depths of our hearts, in the depths of our souls, choosing God as our king. We are deciding and selecting to make God our king and to crown God as our king. Now, God could have, you know, it could have been quite easy for God to set up the world, you know, you know, let's say, you know, I'll go outside and I'll find, you know, thousands of ants and I'll declare myself the king over those ants. And if they turn left, instead of turning right, I will trample on those ants. So that is obviously a futile exercise. So God could easily have created the world in such a way. Um, but God wanted that, and, and if the, the Volgon explains, if God did that, so that God would be a moishel, he wouldn't be a melech. There's a difference in the Torah definitions of a moishel, which is a dictator, a ruler. A ruler is forced, but a melech, a king, is actually chosen and selected. And God designed that the purpose of creation would be this creature called a human being who would have the ability, the free will, to decide whether they would recognize God, see the all-powerful creator, and crown God as their own king. And that's our work in Rosh Hashanah. That's what we're doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So Rosh Hashanah is not just about the family gathering and the simanim. You know, we have the simanim milta. We have the signs that we eat certain things which are positive omens for the year. And we, you know, and we uh, have our normal chat about life in the world and if that's going to be our Rosh Hashanah, so unfortunately we're missing a great opportunity. The opportunity is within the depth of our soul, genuinely and sincerely crowning God as king, surrendering to the sovereign of the universe and declaring in our heart that God is our king. King, how do we do that? We do that through the shofar. The shofar is the means by which we do this, which we're going to discuss in, the, in a moment. And that really is the judgment of Rosh Hashanah. The judgment of Rosh Hashanah is whether we're doing that work. Are we fulfilling the purpose for which God created us? On the anniversary of the creation of human beings, are we choosing to recognize the sovereign of the universe? Or are we ignoring the sovereign of the universe? Are we in a dwell and we're completely taken up with ourselves and our own life and we very self-obsessed creatures? That's, uh, you know, we have to fight that instinct. And is that our headspace? Is that our world? Is that our, um, uh, is that our approach to life? That I am the master of my destiny, and I, I and I am the center of the universe. So, am I self-centered, or am I God-centered? On Rosh Hashanah, 
is the shift where we become God-centered and we select God as our king. And we declare the rea- that really is the reality. Because if we're in touch with reality, we see that we are not the masters of our own destiny and that we are very, very fragile creatures and that none of us know what tomorrow brings and anything can happen to or any of us at any time and it's completely out of our hands because God runs the world. There's an omnipotent creator that's running the world. Um, if we choose to ignore that, then we really are, are in a fantasy world. We're not seeing reality. Reality is that there's a creator and that creator puts us in circumstances and situations and everything in life is a test. And the greatest test of all is do we see the creator? Do we recognize the creator? And do we do the work on Rosh Hashanah of declaring that creator as my king, as the king of the universe through the shofar, by blowing the shofar? So that is the declaration. So let's try and maybe understand the shofar a little bit. How does that work? Why is the shofar so important? And why do we blow the shofar? Why is the coronation ceremony centered around the shofar? Um, there's a passage that says, Truas melech boy, that the blowing of the shofar for the king, boy is in him, is in us. That's actually referring to Yeshua, that Yeshua, the Truach melech boy, was inside. The, the power of the blowing of the shofar is inside. That's what the passage says. In fact, the Vulnagoan Goen says that it's similar to the passage that we say about that the eternal world is inside, is within us. So the explanation that I heard from Rabbi Yosef Elephant, which I think is very beautiful and uh, is a great insight into the power of Rosh Hashanah. And it uh, explains in the following way. The Pasuk says, Hakol kol Yaakov Remember when um, Yaakov wanted to get the blessings from his father Yitzchak and Yitzchak was blind and Yitzchak was very old and frail and he now decided it was the time, this was the time to give over the blessings which are of great importance and significance um, which Rivka, his wife, saw that Yitzchak was going to give those all important blessings to Esav and that would have been a disaster and so Rivka says to Yaakov that this is the time to go in and pretend that you Esav, get the blessings from your father. It's very important for the future of the world. It's very important for the destiny of the Jewish people. Yaakov um, says to his mother that, you know, I'm Ishchalak, which we're going to discuss in a moment. I'm very smooth. I'm not hairy. And Esav is Ish Seir. He's a very hairy person. So Yaakov dresses up. He puts on skins of his arms. He comes in. He speaks to his father. And his father says to him, Hakol kul Yaakov, the voice is the voice of Yaakov, but the hands, when I touch you, I, I feel the hands of Esau. So the Sfas Emes explains very beautifully. The great and holy Sfas Emes, the, the Gera Rebbe. He explains and he says that that call Yaakov is actually referring to the Shoifa. But he says, why is the Shoifa in context with Yadayim Yaday Esau, with Esau? And he says so beautifully. He says, because the whole year we are running around like Asaf. The whole year we are, it's like on Purim, where we dress up into this, you know, the monkey suit. So we're behaving like the monkey, on, but it's all a dress up, it's on the outside. Um, and we say things that we shouldn't say, and we look at things that we shouldn't look at, and we do things that we shouldn't do the whole year. That's your day, Asaf. 
comes Rosh Hashanah and we look in the mirror and we see we're wearing the Esav costume. We're wearing the the outside of Esav. But our inside is not impacted upon. And the shofar represents the kol of the inside of the Jew. That is what we call the pnimis, the, the holy inner essence of the Jew, the kol kol yakov. So let, let's try and understand it. There's a beautiful midrash. The midrash on these psukim in Barashis. The midrash on the pasuk, um, Esav ish seir, um, and uh, Yaakov said, va'anoichi ish chalak. So the midrash says on that pasuk, that anoichi ish chalak, that I'm a person who's smooth, ki chelek Hashem The word chalak is a play on the word chelek. Chelek means a portion. That the portion of Hashem is the inheritance of Yaakov. He's chalak, and that he's smooth, and that is part of his inheritance. His, his, his portion is Hashem's inheritance. So the Midrash goes on and explains in a, in a brilliant way. The Midrash says that there are two people that enter into a barn and there's all hay in the barn. One of the people has got a beautiful full head of curly hair and the other guy is bald. They're standing in the barn and the hay falls, the hay collapses in the barn and falls on them. The guy with the curly hair, so he tries to get the hay out of his hair and he shakes his hair and he puts his hand through his hair and, and the hay just gets more tangled in his hair. He can't get it out. The guy with the smooth head, so the hay doesn't stick on anything and he just wipes it off and in one go, he's like Teflon head, all the hay goes off. So says the Midrash, Klal Yisrael, even though we are the guy with the smooth head and even though maybe during the year we dine with Esav, and we involved in Averas. And there's there's the the hay that gets that falls on us, but we can wipe it off quickly. That the Yaakov is Ish Khalak and his Khalak is Hashem's inheritance. He can wipe off the, the, the hay and the sins they don't stick, they don't remain with him, and he can easily discard of them. And that is the the great power of the shofar. The shofar represents that the Averas, the Yadamidei Esav, don't penetrate the inner essence of the Neshama of the Yid. And it's only on the outside, it's the exterior. The interior is the purity of the soul of the Yid that is not contaminated by the mistakes, by the errors, by the Averas, by the transgressions that you commits in the year. And that's what the Zohar says, that in the place of your day, Esav is Kol Yaakov. That Pasuk says, Kol Yaakov, Yadayim Yaday Esav. Even if a Jew is living like Yadayim Esav, the Kol Yaakov is still there. The pure, holy essence is still the makeup of that Jew. And the the Averis can easily be discarded of because they exterior and the pure interior remains intact. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. The shofar represents the inner soul of a Jew, that even if that individual has made mistakes and has gone off the path and is involved in a different kind of lifestyle, a different kind of behavior, the Pintala Yid 
the pnimius, the internal soul, remains pure, and that is the kol Yaakov. A kol kol Yaakov, even though it's Yadayim Yaday Esav, it still is the kol Yaakov. The Pachad Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak Hutner, says an incredible thing about Rosh Hashanah. He says, we blow the shofar to coronate the king, Hashem is our king, because God's melucha, God's kingdom in the world came when Adam Arishan was created, when the, when the first creation of human beings, which is Rosh Hashanah, the anniversary of the creation of human beings. How did Hashem create a human being? That Hashem blew into the nostrils. So the Pasuk says, mm-hmm. that Hashem blew into the nostrils, a living soul. So by Hashem blowing into Adam, Adam is born. And that then becomes the manifestation of the sovereignty of God in the world. God's, God's kingship is then expressed in the world when this independent individual chooses God to be his king. And that's when we blow the shofar. So we blow with that neshoma that God blew into us, we blow into the shofar to declare God as king, says Rafutna. So that's why we use the shofar, which is the instrument that um, that is, uh, fac- is facilitates the neshoma of a person, the breath of a person. And that's the kol kol Yaakov. So even when we are Yodayim Yudayesav, the Kol Kol Yaakov is expressed through the breath that comes out through the shofar. And, and the Kol, and we, the Yid then can easily sweep off the Averis, his Teflon head, they don't stick. And the Kol Yaakov comes through and that beautiful Holy Neshama then manifests and is expressed in the world. And that's what the Pasuk means, Pasuk that we mentioned earlier, Truas Melech Boy, that the blowing of the king, the coronating of the king boy is in him. It's in every single yid. It's in all of us. Um, and that's in, in fact what the shofar of Yehoshua was. Yehoshua, he blew the shofar that brought down the walls of Jericho because um, the, the, the Sfas Emes says an unbelievable thing. Unbelievable thing. He says, we, we, we say, part of Rosh Hashanah is Tiku Bechodesh Shofar so the Pasuk in Tehillim says that we blow it's referring to Rosh Hashanah, we blow the Shofar from Rosh Hashanah um, the means it's hidden the sho- this day is hidden it's actually referring to the fact that it's the only Yom Tov where there's no moon because it's the beginning of the month usually all the Yom Tovim we have a moon um, because they're, they're later on in the month but uh, Rosh Hashanah is the only Yom Tov where there's no moon, so it means it's hidden. There's a hidden aspect of Rosh Hashanah. What's hidden? So Sfas Emes says, because when a Yid accesses his or her essence, their Neshama, which is represented by the blowing of the shofar, so that inner holiness comes out and becomes a part of the person and becomes manifest in the person's behavior, the Pneumius becomes the expression of the person, so that is the greatest level. There's nothing like that. Bringing out that holy essence is an incredibly powerful thing that brings all the mechitzas down, that causes all the walls to come crashing down. So that's why when Yoshua, Joshua, blows the shofar around the walls of, of Jericho, it represents the neshama, the premius, the holy essence of a Jew coming out and being dominant in that person's life. And that brings down all the mechitzas between us 
and Melech Malchem Lachem and Akkadosh Baruch Hu. And then the breaking down of the barriers between us and Hashem is when we blow that shofar and bring out that holy essence of what a Jew is. So that's what's going on in Rosh Hashanah. It's very deep, it's very powerful, and it's very significant. And it's very important that we all connect to that in some way. So it's important that we, we take it seriously and we understand that there is a judgment taking place now in Rosh Hashanah. It's a, it's a, a real and serious judgment. Um, Hashem's looking at every single one of us. Hashem is analyzing our lives and what, what our position is in creation and whether it's worthwhile, whether we deserve to have another year of life in God's world, which is really a very frightening thing when we think about it. But we, our work, we don't focus on our individual avarice on Rosh Hashanah, but rather we're focusing on the fact that God is our king, that we accept and recognize and declare the king of the world. We do it through our prayers and through the shofar, and we acknowledge that our purpose in this world is to see the king and is to serve the king. And that's the, and the judgment, that take, that's the greatest thing we could be doing while the judgment is taking place, because it shows that we therefore are switched on and aware of the purpose of creation, and we're actually fulfilling why God created us, why God sent our soul into this world, and why God gives us life. So by doing that and declaring God as king, coronating God as our king through the shofar, we are showing that we are actually fulfilling our purpose and the reason why we were created. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We've been discussing Rosh Hashanah and the great and holy power of Rosh Hashanah and the unique opportunity we all have. Hashem has given us all another year in our lives and we um, should uh, basic derecheres, basic um, appreciation and good uh, behavior should be that we express to God our appreciation for the gift of life that he gives us and we recognize God's sovereignty in the world that really is the purpose for which we were created. We do that through the shofar, through the great power of the shofar that represents the essence of the Jew, the kol kol Yaakov that comes out, even though a Jew's maybe Yadayim Yaday Esav, the essence is pure and uncontaminated. And that blowing of the shofar represents that holy essence in which we coronate God as our king. So please God, we should all be successful in that all-important task upon which we are judged on Rosh Hashanah. And may Hashem bless us all with the Ksiva Vachasima Toiva. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.